This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Training Unleashed the show that will help you design and deliver training that's off the chain and will make a difference. Now, here's your host, Evan Hackle. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Training Unleashed. we got a great guest. She's on a personal campaign to get rid of boring training. I'm ready to join. Her name is Nancy Geary. Before we get started, I do want to thank my sponsors, C-Suite TV and C-Suite Radio. They're terrific and really appreciate everything they do. Uh, Nancy is a custom training consultant and, and a professional speaker. And um, I kind of like this getting rid of boring training. So let me ask, why do people create boring training? I think people are so concerned about getting all the facts out. And they overload their courses. They put in way too much content and then they don't leave room to tell a good story or provide a great example uh, to, to illustrate their points. I think that's where people get lost. You know, they're, they're more likely to cut an interactive exercise than a slide loaded with bullet points that are in a nine point font because you got to make sure you get everything on there. <laughs> Well, I, I, I might be in a personal campaign to get rid of slides. Well, there's uh, the- and, 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 and I, don't, I don't really mean that sincerely, but it, it may be more the words. You know, yes. I think slides with pictures, graphics can be very powerful tools. Uh, but uh, you know, I think slides that help the presenter organize their thoughts, not really the purpose of slides, right? Slides are for support of the speaker in terms of the audience, not to help them remember what to say next, but. Oh yeah, I couldn't agree more. I like to, I really enjoy searching out for just the right visual to illustrate whatever the point is. And particularly, I think now that so much of what we're doing is virtual, having great graphics is important to keep people from, oh, look, an email came in. Oh, I'm gonna look, oh, somebody just sent me a message, right? You can lose people if there's not something great to see, because I think we're conditioned to having a screen be a very visual experience because TV movies have been around forever. You know, everybody's lifetime that's watching this, we've had TV and movies. So we're sort oh, of yeah. conditioned, I think, to, to having an expectation when we're looking at a screen. So let's talk about not boring a little bit more. Okay. Um, does not boring mean being funny or is what is it what is your definition of not boring so not boring is being interesting having a great idea to share 
that is communicated in an effective way. Now, if you can be funny, that's great. And again, I, I, lately I've had the sort of these movie and TV analogies in my head. There are some shows that we watch that make us laugh. And there are some shows that we watch because there's a compelling storyline. There are some, some programs that we watch because we want to consume information about whatever is going on, you know, whatever's going on in the world. So news, that's <laughs> a way to shorten it. But yeah. it's, it's really, you don't, people think, oh, I got to be funny. No, you don't have to be funny because funny can just, will just, will happen more, um, out of, I think out of spontaneity, maybe planned spontaneity for a comedian. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I asked that question sort of as a setup because I, I don't, I, I think you've got to be engaging, just like you said, and draw people in. If you are naturally funny and you bring that into your speech, fine. But if you're pretend funny, um, generally going to fail. Yeah, you're going to bomb. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely going to bomb. I know from our little uh, advanced work that you really are about not just having engaging training, but getting people to support that training and, and to buy in to the training that to get people to support it. Some of the people listening are, you know, training people like yourself that create training right. programs. I got to sell them. A lot of people listening work in corporations and in organizations where the selling is more internal. Yes. But maybe could share some tips and ideas on how people can get greater buy-in, how people can get people to buy, you know, to, I, I'll use the word enroll in, in actually doing and taking the training. Right. Well, I think when, you know, I look at it from the, the corporate angle, a lot of the, the corporations that I work with, there's, you know, there's different types of training that goes on. There's the sort of check the box training that everybody has to do you know, things like um, sexual harassment training, whatever safety, compliance, these are all things that, you know, that are required. And you can, you can easily lose people in those courses because it's like everybody has to do it. So what I'm finding is people are trying to take some of these topics and lighten them to keep them engaged. It's like for a while, um, airlines, when you'd be getting on the flight, they, they thought they, they made like the whole, let's make this whole thing about the safety funny so you don't know what's going to happen next so that you're going to pay attention. So when I think about that in any type of course that you want to put together, you want to vary what's happening so people are like, oh, what's going to be next? What's going to be next? And that kind of keeps them going throughout the program, even if it's something that they have to take. Now, there's other types of programs where you're trying to you know, improve people's knowledge and skill level. And then it's all about how is this gonna affect me on my job? What's in it for me? And not only what's in it for me, because everybody's been saying that forever, but I think you wanna add, and why should I care? How is this gonna improve my situation? Am I gonna be able to be more effective in my job? And more importantly, sometimes it's not what happens in the training, but after the training, I learn this great new stuff and then when I go back to my desk, is it going to be supported or is it flavor of the month? Well, I, you know, to this point, did your manager take the training too? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of times the answer is no. And um, it's, I, I think, incredibly important. Oh, that, yeah. That buy-in, <laughs> that, that leadership, leadership is, is, is there. And you know, when I was in corporate training, 
you know, the biggest complaint that I would hear from learners were that I learned this and my boss doesn't even understand it. Right. And, and you know, to your point, not getting, not getting support, not getting supported. Um, so let's, let's, and, and this may not be in your sweet spot. So I'll take a risk and ask the question. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll give let's just say you work in corporate America and you're looking to get support funding to create training. How would you sell that? How would you get people to buy into that? Wow. That's something I haven't done for a long time. Cause like you, I used to be in yeah. corporate training much of it. You know, there was always a, a, a budget in place, but I always found it fascinating that there were certain ideas that if they bubbled up to the surface and they were going to solve a, a pain point, even though money was tight, somehow the money would appear. <laughs> and usually it, it came from having a, a corporate sponsor that was well positioned in the organization that could pull those levers. It's very hard to pull a lever like that in training without a sponsor. And if the sponsor happens to be the VP of sales, you're pretty much guaranteed that it's going to go through because we're always we're always ready to invest money in in making more money, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right? And the flip side of it is, well, if this is going to create some kind of operating efficiency, you know, can you can you come up with a business case that says if you know if we can solve this problem, we're on par to save this much money, and and then again, really selling it to the sponsor that can carry the message to the right people in the organization that will make it all happen. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about what you do as a company, because I know you're a professional speaker, mm -hmm. but I also know that you help create training for, for companies. That's what you do. Yeah. So maybe just bring us through a case study of how you work with clients. Okay. And, you know, I do a lot, a lot of my speaking now has become more about uh, attracting, attracting new business. So it's become a marketing tool for me. Yeah. When I, so when I work with clients, they typically fall into to two camps. There's the corporate client, and then there's more of the small business entrepreneur, solopreneur, and they're very, they're very different. So usually the the corporate client is I, you know, I build a relationship, they bring me in and they want me to create all the content. So in that instance, I'll be working with their subject matter experts to determine what do we need to cover and then work with them on creating the, the delivery. And it can take on any number of forms. It might be an e-learning module. It might be a virtual presentation. And now that we're coming out of this pandemic, it might even be in person. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's coming back. So I'm really, I'm really working with them to extract the information from their subject matter experts and turn it into a course and then whatever delivery platform makes the most sense for them. And that's really like a done for you kind of a service, which is sure. typically what happens with the corporate clients, the smaller businesses or um, single entrepreneurs that I work with oftentimes it falls into uh, what I call a done with you. So they, they want to learn how to, how to create the courses. They want to have me help them kind of walk them through, here's the process and give them kind of a sequence of what to put in place to keep them on track. And it really feels a lot more like a coaching model. 
So they're doing more of the heavy lifting. Now, having said that, sometimes along that journey, they'll say, can you just create this for me? Can you pull the information out of me and turn it into a course? Sometimes that happens because people don't realize how much thought and work you have to put into building a course. It seems really easy. It's like the first time you decide, oh, I'm going to give a speech. And you think, I'm just going to get up in front of a room and start talking, right? Well, there's a bit more to it. <laughs> you have to do this thing called preparation so that you're ready. So I, I work with people in two different ways. And I had one client, she does manufacturing process work. And we met every week. I gave her a new assignment. It was like, okay, let's determine what, what are you doing and why do you want to do it? How is this important? How's it going to impact your audience? And then the next week I said, okay, now I want you to go through and have you inventory all of your content so we can see what we can mine to use to create the course. And then kind of went along from that point. Then we pulled out, okay, what are the, what's the most important course that you think you could deliver as a starting point? And then we, then I started helping her work through laying everything out to put it into the right order. And I just was reviewing her work all along the way. You know, it's interesting listening to you because I do think you have to do a tremendous amount of work to make it look like you did no work. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then people are like, what am I paying you for? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can... But, you know, that, you know, especially um, when you're doing a keynote, uh, you know, you want to look relaxed, knowledgeable, mm -hmm. and all of that. And that comes from really preparing. Right. And, and a lot of people, um, they, they, uh, they, you know, I, I, I can't tell how many people go, I speak best when I do it off the cuff. And, and I <laughs> just think to myself, wow. Wow. Yeah. I've, well, because <laughs> well, I think really great speakers, they look like it's just a, it's a conversation. And because, but what people don't realize is all this work that you went through to memorize something to the point that you come out on the other side and you've embodied it. So the magic oh, yeah. just seems to happen and you can do something that's in the moment and still stay on track with your key message because you, it, it's, it's here. Yeah. It's not just here, it's here. And I hope yeah, I didn't which, slap my know, mic too hard there. Yeah. What you know, what you're you're right. That the term "embody" is really is really important, mm -hmm. which brings us full circle to this whole you know your whole you know lifelong campaign against boring training. Um, you know, so let's let's just take let's just take some time and let's talk about live training for a moment. Okay. What are some of the keys, the simple things that our listeners can take from this? so that they can make their live training, be it virtual or in person, uh, not boring. Okay. Well, the first really important element is what happens at the beginning, which is have a great hook where people go, hmm, that's interesting. And a lot of people will maybe start uh, posing a question of the audience is one way to do it. Another, I think, even more powerful way is to bring them in with a, a story where and the, having the story be something that's relatable to that audience where they're going, oh, yeah, that's that's me. That's how I feel. 
and then the, you, you then you so you got to get their attention quickly because people are making a decision early on whether or not they're going to pay attention and when it's virtual it's even more important because there's far more distractions and i'm sure everybody out there has noticed that you can be at a you know at a live event and everybody's looking at their phone and looking at the speaker and unless there's a great way to capture their attention to bring them in so that's that's the first part i also think it's important to have a good structure give people a roadmap this is the journey i'm going to take you on today these are the three key ideas that i have for you and people are like okay and then they can follow the sequence of what's happening and those are fairly straightforward but often missed and then you know and then the close is also just as important as the open so when you close it you want to wrap it up and you want to leave them with you know oftentimes if somebody maybe they you know the people like they they climbed a mountain and they had to cut off their own arm and you know all these things or somebody's like i was i was kidnapped or you know they have these dramatic life events and you and you're listening and and you get to the end and you're like well i don't think i'm climbing everest anytime too soon but and there's like <laughs> how does this you know how does this and i hope i never get kidnapped how how is this going to help me but they they kind of they've overcome some adversity and what's really important to the audience is to say i did this these were the key skills that i had to embody to be able to do this and you can too to get whatever the improvement is so whatever that key idea is or the however, whatever place you want to take people there's that you have to move past i did it look at me to and so can you yeah there to me storytelling is very powerful in presentations uh very very powerful Tortal Training's Learning Matter experts are passionate about designing effective solutions that move the needle. Whether your organization needs development of e-learning courses, instructor-led training, or assistance with creating optimized electronic versions of employee handbooks, our team can help. To learn more, visit tortal.com slash learning dash development. Maybe we can just spend a few minutes and, you know, what are the keys to a good story? How do you... And I, I guess I'm, I'm just going to make this statement, which is, I believe the story needs to be real. Mm -hmm. um, I know people that make up stories. And yes. I, 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 think, I think it comes off as made up. Um, I think people can tell when a story is real. But what are the keys? What are advice if, 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 if you're talking to someone who you know, really hasn't done much storytelling? you know, maybe advice for a beginning storyteller. Okay. Well, I agree that you can tell if a story is made up. I remember watching someone, it was, it was at a Toastmasters competition and she was the test speaker. And she told this very, this story about, she was a scuba diver and how something happened where the, the tanks weren't completely full of air and she went under and, uh, ran out of air and had to get to the surface. And then when she got to the surface, there was a lot of wave action. So she gets to the surface, thank God I didn't die, then has this wave action. And she's telling it as I'm kind of like the way I'm telling it now, it's kind of like oh, the story and then this happened and this happened and I'm thinking, you almost died. <laughs> Later she shared it wasn't her story. And I, cause I, I was evaluating it and, and said, your story didn't move me in any way. There was no drama. There was no emotion. 
you didn't take me with you on this ride. I didn't, and I, I've done some scuba diving. I didn't feel the, the panic. I didn't feel, I was like, yeah. And then I ran out of air. <laughs> like, wait a minute, you ran out of air. <laughs> Come on. So when you, one of the biggest elements is your, your mind and your story. And if you're telling something that happened to you, you want to make sure that the emotion matches the words. And it's just not this straight up, I've read this bedtime story a million times, <laughs> my kid, I've got it memorized. So I'm just going to get through it fast. So this kid will go to sleep. I mean, you, can, you don't want to go on that one, but that I think is, is a big, a big part of it. Also, you want to look at who are the characters and can you make the characters come to life for us? Who did you encounter? A lot of people experience similar situations at work. So what was that person like? What did they, what did they look like? What did they sound like? Um, can you take a risk and maybe change your voice to be that, uh, that other person so we know who's who? So great characters, but having that emotion, and more importantly, what was the conflict? How, you know, every story has to have some sort of conflict, you know, going back to the hero's journey, right? I'm yeah. starting out, I'm at this point, this event happens to me, uh, maybe I was in a car accident, whatever it is. I can't like come up with a good personal examples. I'm not doing a great in the moment, but what, what was the event that prompted a change? Yeah. And then who helped you along the way? Think of like Cinderella and the fairy godmother. And then what happened on the other side? What was the resolution? What was the improvement? Because that type of a story then connect back with, if you're teaching people uh, leadership skills, what did they go through? What was that situation that prompted them to become a more effective leader? What was the story that maybe gave them more compassion for someone else so that they could teach that, they could bring that skill forward? So th that's really the, the key and, and to mine your own life. I mean, some of us think, oh, I'm boring. I didn't do anything great. But I remember when I, I moved cross country and I just took a leap of faith and it, you know, didn't seem real to me. And then I put my car in the transport and I went, oh my God, I'm doing it. What's going to happen when I get to California? <laughs> am I going to, you know, whoa, I had, am I going to, am I going to survive this? And the, the whole journey of, uh, you know, it, it, it's a bigger story and then it's about leaving a marriage and starting over at, you know, in my fifties and as a single person in another part of the world where I only know three people. <laughs> yeah, it's uh I think it for a lot of people it's very daunting to do storytelling. Mm -hmm. Um and for that matter to do interactive activities. Cuz you you know you haven't done it before, you know people think their life's boring. Uh but when you really dig it isn't. And if you're speaking about something you're personally passionate about, there's got to be a reason why you're personally passionate yes. about it. Mm -hmm. And if there's a reason why, there must be a story. Yes. Um, it's, it's really trying to mine it and, and not think, well, you know, no one's going to care. Um, yeah. Some, I know was he apparently he grew up in Modesto, California, and he was part of the car club that much of what happened in American graffiti was based on. And he just kind of casually threw that out there and was like, oh my gosh, that's a great story. 
or another friend of mine made his living in college as a pool hustler. So he could take that, you know, he's working on taking that pool hustler idea and, okay, how can I relate what I did as a pool hustler and turn it into uh, business principles? Or, you know, what happened to you as a kid? I mean, everybody's got a story somewhere. My mom used to say, everybody has at least one great story in them. One great novel, actually. She pushed yeah, it one great, great. <laughs> Not just a story. You got a novel. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing to think about in stories is, you know, what are the key points and how you weave those into the story? Mm -hmm. um, and I love it when I can take a story and break it into parts. Yes. And chain it. That's that that's that's all that's always uh, always powerful. And okay, I've noticed but, that comedy is also shifting where people are have have a through line. There's a story and the jokes are put into the story, just as a just as a sidebar. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, no, no doubt about it. If you watch great if you watch great comedians, they are storytellers. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think Seinfeld you know, was probably the best at it, yes. you know, in terms of that genre and time. Okay, let's shift to e-learning. Okay. Not boring. Let's, not boring. Press okay. next to continue. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, you talked earlier about compliance. You need to take sexual harassment. You're in mm -hmm. the restaurant, you need to take a, a course on hand washing, you need to take a course on allergies, you need to take a, you know, how do you make that not boring? That's really challenging. Part of it is so many people see it as just check the box and something that I have to do. And again, you know, I think we were coming up with a bit of a theme here today. What, what's the storyline or what can you show that kind of makes people, go, you got to get their attention. So you know, what if you show somebody that just is, you know, goes to the bathroom and then goes and starts perhaps kneading bread, if we go with the hand washing idea, that would just make most people go, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Think about what that, what that means. It, you know, showing people doing, it's really like, it's showing, it's keeping it. I've seen things, you know, that maybe they could be a little bit cartoonish and I don't know, Sometimes I get a little bit lost in the cartoonish ideas, but it's challenging with that type of content because it's almost like everybody just has to get through it. And the best way you can make it not boring, I think, is to have the, the visuals be interesting. Have, uh, and again, back to what's the storyline? What's, and what's the impact? You know, if yeah, somebody doesn't you. wash their hands, what, you know, What's, how does that impact some people? Oftentimes they don't see the connection. They're like, eh. Yeah, I, I think you're, you know, you're right on there. And, you know, you talked about the with them, but adding the why mm -hmm. so that they can get the emotional impact of, you, you know, somebody could become, get food poisoning because of you. Yeah. And you could stop that. You could and show somebody perhaps very ill and yeah. maybe they've got an important event that they're going to. Maybe they're, maybe they're getting married. Maybe they have to give uh, the speech of their life or something is going on in that person's life that because you didn't wash your hands, they're yeah. so sick, they're, gonna, they're not going to be able to enjoy it or they're going to not be able to get through it. They might have and, to cancel and, it. 
you can make things interactive and have activities that, you know, and do scenarios that, yes, that make things. And I think, you know, another thing, and I think this is important in the world is don't make things too long. Break right. Keep, yeah. Keep it. Keep, <laughs> try to, I, you know, try to keep it as condensed as you can. Yeah. There's like, you can accomplish a lot in under five minutes. So Nancy, this is an excellent conversation. I mm -hmm. think. Honestly, we've covered so many kind of cool little things here, there, and everywhere, which I think is great. Some people are going to want to know how to reach you. Okay. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your company and, you know, the clients that you like to work with okay. or, and they like to work with you and how to reach you. All right. Well, the best part about being in the business that we're in, I think, is we get to learn about all different types of businesses. I feel like I know a little bit about a whole lot of different types of, of companies. And one of my favorite types of clients to work with is the entrepreneur that wants to get their message out and wants to be able to take, take advantage of someone like you, someone like me, where we have a ton of experience in creating courses so we can help them cut through the clutter and get to the point very quickly. So that, that's one type of client that I, I really enjoy. I also love the, the corporate clients that come my way and the content varies. In any given week, I could be working on sales training. I could be working on harder skills like welding, <laughs> you know, which you know, don't, I, I'm good with a torch making cream brulee and that's about it. But <laughs> it's really, but it, anyway, very technical to the, the more, um, we, we call them soft skills, but they're not that soft, things like communication, sales skills, leadership skills. So I really run, run across the gamut because what makes me unique is my ability to take somebody's expertise and help them turn it into great learning in whatever type of delivery format makes the most sense for what, who their audience is or what they're trying to accomplish or their budget. And so my website, if you're, uh, please, is nancygeary.com and Geary is G-I-E-R-E. -E. And on my website, I have a great uh, document that you can grab. It's a guide to eight easy steps to create training that sells, which is all about what we were talking today, having more engagement and keeping people interested. And I kind of walk through my process. And that's the best way for people to get a sense of how I work whether I'm pulling the information out of somebody else and creating the content or helping somebody else create their own content. Do you do you uh, do you do coaching like if somebody wanted to create a keynote would you do that? I don't do as much around um, keynote type of speeches certainly a more of a breakout session or a, a workshop. Yeah. I, I'm really good in that space. I think that the the keynoters, there's, there's not only the, the content in the course, but the staging, how you're going to, if you're on a stage, how are you going to move around? If you're on a screen, what are you going to do uh, to kind of use the space in the most effective way? So there's, there's a bit more going on in the keynoting. I can certainly help people craft a, a presentation, but I see the keynoter is really more motivation and trying to evoke a particular response. Sure. 
So let's get your website one more time because people listening on podcasts, it's sometimes difficult. I know. And my name and the way it sounds and the way it's spelled don't always connect. So it's N-A-N-C-Y-G-I-E-R-E.com. Cool. First name, last name.com. And we always end the show with, if you have one tip to share, what would that one tip be? Okay. A lot of people have created webinars with the idea of, I'm just going to chop this up into individual modules. I'll put a little video opener and closer on it, maybe add a couple of exercises and I'll post it online. What I have found is oftentimes those courses look and feel a bit clunky. And I think we've reached a point where we've all experienced so much new information like this online that people are becoming more discerning. So what I want to encourage people is to think about this from the perspective of what I've been calling lately intentional design. So when you're planning your webinar, think about how you can spin that content into different platforms after the webinar. Then when you record it, have logical breakpoints throughout, do something as simple, finish your first segment, stop, maybe take some questions, smile, be still, and then make the transitional statement into the next segment. What that does is it gives you a clean break when you're editing, so there's not a a weird jump cut or a weird pause or that you're starting a little bit into the next session. Just doing that simple action when when you're putting your webinars together will exponentially improve your online courses. It'll take you to another level. Now, there's certainly more you can do, but I think that's a great place to start. Well, that's a really interesting tip because one thing we didn't talk about, but I think is important, which is repurposing content, Mm -hmm. right? So you have a presentation, you can turn that presentation into an e-learning course like you described. I love the idea of the intentionality of thinking in advance and planning so that you do that well, but then you can turn them into articles, you can turn it into into podcasts, you can turn it into blogging. you can write books. Um, so um, so I, I, love, I love your tip. I think it's very it's a very a very a very interest a very interesting tip being being deliberate and thinking through. That's yeah, I, I, I like that. Um, Nancy, it's been great having you as a guest. I want to thank all of my listeners. Wouldn't have a show without you. <laughs> I want to thank my sponsor, the C Suite uh, TV show and C Suite Radio. Uh, and Nancy, again, thank you very much. Appreciate having you as a guest. Training Unleashed is brought to you by Tortal Training, specializing in e-learning and interactive online training solutions for corporate, government, nonprofit, and franchise organizations. Tortal makes effective training easier. Just go to tortal.net to gain access to real-world tools that can make a difference. That's tortal.net, T-O-R-T-A-L, tortal.net. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.